welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Today we are going to be talking about our experiences working on the front lines of the pro-life movement. Super riveting. Let's get into it. Yeah, so Megan, do you want to describe a little bit about where we work and what you do specifically? Sure. So we work at a pro-life organization and it's actually a pregnancy care center. So what we offer women is um, free medical um, services in regarding pregnancy. We also have support groups, parenting classes, resources, referrals, etc. We can get into more detail about what specifically uh, we provide later, but basically I started there a year ago as a client advocate. So my role was to meet with the women when they came in, talk with them about their pregnancy, about their life situations, kind of assess what their needs were, what they were needing and looking for, just kind of talking through life, their decision, providing um, options, consultation, so providing them with what their options were, what each of those options look like, and accurate information on that, and then just walking through the whole process with them, standing alongside them as we do pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, calling and setting up prenatal care, all of that, and then follow up long-term beyond that um, if they needed help finding shelter, if they needed help finding a therapist. It kind of just varied depending on the client. Yeah, and I also work at the same organization, and I work on the administrative side. So I work in development, so fundraising and working with donors. But I also live in one of the residence homes, which is another part of Aid for Women, where women can live in one of our homes is for women when they are still pregnant, and the other home is for women after they've had their babies. And I have, for the past eight months, lived in the residence home and helped cover a few nights a week and pray with the women and things like that um, in the home where the women live after with their babies. So I've actually gotten to live with some of the women and the babies that they've had. Yeah, and recently I made the switch to go over to the administrative development side alongside Jackie, which is kind of how we met and started talking. So I directly assist the executive director of our organization. So it's been really eye-opening to kind of see both sides of a nonprofit organization in that way. So I think next we just kind of wanted to briefly address why we felt drawn to work in a pro-life setting. So Jackie, maybe you'd like to start with that? So I've always been very passionate about the pro-life movement. I grew up Catholic and going to Catholic school and it was just, we talked about a lot of social justice issues and it was one that really resonated with me and I just felt a deep calling from God to go into pro-life work and this job just kind of fell into my lap. It felt very God-ordained for me to work at Aid for Women And yeah, I've just always been super passionate about the pro-life movement, but also helping women because I also see the pro-life movement as a pro-woman movement as well. Yeah, I'm very similar to that. Obviously, I think Jackie and I had similar backgrounds growing up in a Christian setting. So I was from a Christian family, grew up in the church. So I always had those values instilled in me to value life, to value the weaker among us, those most vulnerable, and to uphold them. Um, You know, as Christians, we believe that as humans, we're image bearers. And as an image bearer, 
we have intrinsic value because we image God. And that means people, even with disabilities, people who are elderly, people who don't look like us, people with different skin colors, people who are babies, people who aren't completely fully developed yet. We are all humans bearing the image of God, and that gives us value, and that means that we don't have the right to harm or kill another person who bears the image of God. So that was always very important to me, but it wasn't until I was in my senior year at Moody Bible Institute where I studied ministry to women. So I was always filled with this like strong passion for ministering to women and reaching out to women. I have a big heart for women. So my senior year, pretty much all my plans about what I was going to do after graduation sort of fell through and I realized that where I thought God was leading me, which was working in a church's women's ministry, I started feeling the Holy Spirit directing me that that wasn't exactly where he wanted me in this season. And it was around that time I was working on my senior thesis, which was on the entanglement of the sexual revolution and feminism and the abortion movement. So I wrote a really huge paper and did a presentation on this, and I just got super passionate about this topic through that research that I did for that assignment. So it was around that time that I started researching different pro-life organizations in the Chicago area where I was living and came across Aid for Women, and that's what really drew me into this work in a more direct way. Yeah, so working on the front lines of the pro-life movement, sometimes we can deal with hate or people not agreeing. It's a very polarizing topic. So, Megan, how do you deal with any kind of hate or lashback that you get um, from working in the pro-life movement? Yeah, I think that's what's so distinct and interesting about this specific area of work is that pretty much everybody has an opinion on it, and those opinions are very strong. So whether you are pro-life or you are pro-choice, the issue is very entangled in politics, it's very entangled in emotions and personal experience, and people are very sensitive about it. And I think rightfully so, because it's a very important issue. But I, for someone who <laughs> really hates confrontation and really, really wants people to like me, I'm at my core a people pleaser, that was something that was daunting going into this, is what are people going to think? And that's something I've had to wrestle with with God in that um, not being ashamed of what he has called me to and not being ashamed of the truth. And I, you could probably guess this from us being in this work but we are both passionately pro-life and that is what I believe to be the truth and so when it's come to dealing with people's responses I actually have been blessed with pretty positive responses I think in person because of how I frame what I do and what I typically tell people is I give them this example so if I'm talking to a family member for example who supports Planned Parenthood which I do have some of those I'll tell them, like, okay, if you have a woman walking into Planned Parenthood who is struggling with homelessness or she's in an abusive relationship with her partner or she's financially unstable and stressed and overwhelmed or she's in a dangerous or potentially harmful situation, she'll walk out of Planned Parenthood and her pregnancy, yes, will have ended. And she may believe, because that's on the forefront of her stress, that her situation has bettered. But has her situation actually bettered? Because she's still financially unstable. She's still in that abusive, dangerous situation. She's still homeless or whatever reason drew her into Planned Parenthood. 
And I'm not generalizing because there's several different circumstances that would lead a woman to that decision. But overall, people would say the reason she wants to end a pregnancy is because her life is not ready for that. But when a woman walks into Aid for Women, we not only help her overcome and empower her to push through those difficult circumstances, but we also give her resources and direct her towards places that directly help what is going on in her life. So not only does she walk out with her homelessness helped because she's moving into our residential program or her financial situation bettered because we're leading her towards pantries and places where she can get food and clothing or scholarships to get education so she can get back on her feet. But she also leaves with a beautiful, beautiful baby and feels empowered because she's working through difficult circumstances. And so I feel like when I word it that way, people typically have a positive response. I think it's only really online or places where people feel there's some anonymity that I've had hate or negative responses. And I think that's just natural. Yeah, I think I used to struggle with people unfollowing me I am I've always felt very bold to speak out about pro-life things and my pro-life stance on social media and I used to care a lot if people were upset by me or unfollowed me and I just kind of got to a place where I realized that I care much more about speaking the truth and what I truly believe is the truth and standing up for the vulnerable and the innocent who cannot speak for themselves And I also realized that in the Bible, Paul talks about how we will be persecuted for being Christians, for standing up for our Christian beliefs. And I realized that if I'm speaking the truth, if I'm speaking it with love and in the right way and people still are not happy with what I'm saying, that's just something that comes with being a Christian and being bold about your faith. And I'm even more bold about speaking about pro-life pro-life topics because I don't think it's just a religious issue. I think it's a human rights issue. I think it's a woman's issue. I truly believe abortion is obviously not good for the unborn human being that it is killing, but also for the woman. So that has led me to be more bold about the way that I'm speaking about it. And I have learned as well, though, that I want to speak with more gentleness and with more love because I know that there are women out there listening to me that may have had an abortion and I don't ever want to come off as if I'm judging them or condemning them. So I have altered or just been more aware of the way that I speak about it, but it just got to the point where I was thinking, you know, if I'm receiving hate for speaking the truth with love and gentleness, then that's just something I have to deal with because it's something that in the Bible, it says we will have to deal with. So, and I think I also do frame it in the way that Megan does with my friends that are pro-choice is that we are helping women and empowering women by not just addressing their pregnancy, but all of their needs. We give them material items. We give them a lot of services that other organizations don't. We're filling in a hole that is needed. And I think that my pro-choice friends even then can respect what we're doing, um, even if they're not pro-life. For sure, because I think there is this stigma that pro-life people only care about babies when they're in the womb. That's something that's thrown at us a lot. Like, you're just pro-birth, you're not pro-life. And what I always point out to those people is that just doesn't make sense because my organization cares for the woman throughout the duration of her pregnancy and beyond. And we address issues. I mean, there were times I would meet with my clients and it would just be talking through a horrible breakup they had and just showing compassion and being a listening ear and and bringing my heart towards them 
and providing that safe space. And that had nothing to do with their pregnancy. Yes, the stress of their pregnancy may have brought them in, but we spent an entire hour just talking about her life. And I deeply care about women as holistic beings, not just an event that they're going through in their life. So, yes, we both are in this because we love women and care for women and see the harm that is done by the other side. So I think anytime you work in a ministry setting, maybe your mind won't change on you know, specific issues, but your perspective can change just because you are experiencing things firsthand. So Jackie, how do you feel maybe your perspective on certain issues within the pro-life movement has altered or shifted or changed or deepened through your experience working at Aid for Women? Yeah, so I've always been pro-life, but I think working in the pro-life movement, I truly realized how much abortion actually affects women and seeing it firsthand, it really ignited my passion even more. Um, It was heartbreaking, but also motivating to really do my best in working in this cause. I mean, we just see women come in that are torn apart by the fact that they've had an abortion, possibly more than one, and you realize that abortion is not actually fixing their problems. It's not solving anything for them, and they are being affected, and it's not something that the media is showing. The media is showing abortion as empowering, something that helps women get on with their lives and achieve what they want to achieve, and we're seeing the real everyday things that women that have an abortion are going through. Some of the most heartbreaking things I've seen are women that take the abortion pill and they come to us for the abortion pill reversal. And when it doesn't work, I mean, they're just absolutely heartbroken. And you're just realizing this is really actually affecting women and seeing it firsthand just really ignited my passion for this movement. And also seeing we have these adorable little fetal models at our centers that really show how big these babies are, how much they really look like human beings at 8, 10, 12 weeks, which are regular times for women to get abortions, times that the secular or the pro-choice media is saying are perfectly fine to get abortions. And you're seeing these fetal models and realizing, I just... I. I just didn't realize how much they really did look like babies because that wasn't my grounding for why I was pro-life anyway. But seeing that and holding them in my hands, like babies that are legal to abort that are bigger than my hand (laughs) was absolutely heartbreaking. But it just deepened, further deepened my vigor and passion for the pro-life movement. For sure. I would totally echo everything Jackie said and, and also just add that Working in this setting has renewed my compassion and empathy for these women because you see firsthand the desperation that is pulling them towards this horrendous and heartbreaking decision. These are not stone-cold calculated murderers. These are women who are in horribly, horribly difficult situations, who are wrestling, who are confused, who have been lied to, who have been manipulated, who feel desperate. And it has renewed my compassion even more so because there were clients I walked with where they came in. We talked about their options. We talked through 
the whole situation and even at the end they decided to go through with an abortion and then to have them come back to me and to have to walk through with them as they grieved as they experienced trauma as they experienced deep regret and shame and pain and hurt from that decision really showed me how much um, we as pro-lifers sometimes don't understand what someone in that situation is going through and it ignited in me a compassion Um, it didn't change my mind on the issue at all I don't think abortion should be legal or allowed because of the harm and hurt I have seen but it did change the way I viewed these women and now I have faces that come to mind when people talk about post-abortive women I hear names and I see faces in my mind of women that I personally know also it kind of showed me how pro-lifers can better help in these situations and one is support your local pregnancy care centers because they are doing hard and thankless work a lot of times It's really hard day to day to go through and to interact with people in trauma and people in crisis. And a lot of times it can feel rather thankless. And so support us, support us with money, support us with prayer, support us with material goods, with diapers and baby clothes, with volunteering. That is so encouraging. And it's been so encouraging to me now on this administrative side to go to events where I can speak face-to-face with donors and hear how excited they are about what they are doing. So that's a really big thing. And I think also just changing how we talk in the church and in circles about single mothers and women experiencing unplanned pregnancy. Because there is a lot of shame that is put on women for having sex outside of marriage and having it result in a pregnancy and a lot of that shame is directed towards the woman and not the man and there's a lot of pain that I saw with clients who um, came from circles where they had extremely religious parents who immediately disowned them and kicked them out of the house even as like a 16 year old because they were pregnant and didn't offer them any support or help so I think as pro-lifers we need to stand up for young mothers and that can just look like don't joke degradingly about single moms don't make comments about how oh she got knocked up or in these shameful horrible things because you don't know who's listening you don't know who's in that circle who can hear who has had an unplanned pregnancy or has gone through an abortion or a miscarriage you just don't know who's listening and we should be advocates so that people can know they can do it so that women know that they have support and that they have people backing them up. They don't have people that are going to disown them and kick them out if they are going through this hard situation. Show them that we are empowering them and building them up or not tearing them down. And also just understand that a lot of women have had abortions who regret it, and they are going through trauma and grief. And so don't lash out at post-abortive women like don't (laughs) act like a dog and bite their heads off because they're going through a lot and until you understand exactly what someone going through trauma is experiencing it can be difficult to know how to respond so I think just overall as pro-lifers we need to be true to our name and be pro-life which means we are compassionate and we value and love human life which means all humans we're interacting with yeah totally agree with everything Megan just said and As Christians, we need to realize that every life 
no matter how it was conceived, is a gift. Mm-hmm. That baby is a baby no matter how it was conceived and we need to be every life is worth celebrating so these women need to be supported um and not judged we need to come to them not judgmentally support them help them celebrate this life supporting them emotionally and spiritually if you can also materially materially that's great Um, But these women, as Megan said, need to know that they can do it. They need to know that they have people walking alongside them, not just shoving at them diapers or which is also very much needed and something that our organization does. But know that they're going to have people by their side because a lot of times these women are left to deal with this alone. The the father of the baby does often just kind of bounce out. So as Christians, we need to be walking alongside these women and supporting them emotionally and being there for them and realizing and also letting them know that every life is a gift, no matter how it was conceived, if it was in a moment of sin or whatever, that does not matter. And that is something that we need to remember as Christians for sure. And that we worship and serve a God who is sovereign. And so even if we don't plan things or things are unexpected to us, Nothing is a surprise to God. And we read in Psalm 139 how he knits us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, how distinct and how direct and active he is. And so showing that to women by showing excitement and joy when they experience pregnancy, even if it is unplanned or the result of a sinful relationship, whatever it god has created a human being and how wonderful and beautiful that is so definitely echoing everything jackie just said and also just recognizing that these women are in really tough situations for them even though for us outside of it it might be obvious that we should choose life because it's morally right but for them they are going through real situations that for any normal person would make them consider abortion so just coming alongside and not saying that is right obviously as a pro-life person i don't think abortion is right at any time but realizing they're in serious sometimes horrible situations so that's even more that we need to be supporting them because to them like it might be a very real option and it's not because they're evil or horrible people it's because they're going through something and they're in emotional trauma and in crisis so i think we need to remember that too for sure. They're just scared and we've all we're all humans. We've all been scared and we've all thought through and and almost made decisions that we would know we would have regretted. And so have compassion and grace and understand we've all been there just in different ways. So one thing that we wanted to do kind of different with this episode um, because it is talking more about our experiences is we wanted to engage our listeners. So we have some submitted questions from people. So I just kind of asked, you know, when you hear that Jackie and I work in a pro-life organization in the pro-life movement, what are things that come to your mind? What are questions you have? So the first question we're going to answer are, who are some good pro-life voices to follow? So I'll just say I really love the new wave feminists. I think they come at things from a different angle. A lot of them are more liberal on the political spectrum, and there's the stereotype that it's only Republicans and super conservative people that are pro-life, but they are not, and I think they're just a great, have a great angle and a unique angle. And I also love Lila Rose, who is the founder and executive director of Live Action. I think they have some amazing videos. They've interviewed um, women that have had abortions, former abortionists who have committed 
hundreds of abortions and these people that have become pro-life. So I think those are great perspectives to follow. I also, one of my friends, Mary Kate Knorr, who is the executive director of Illinois Right to Life, is um, she's very informed and educated on the topic, also on the political side of things. So I think she's a great voice to follow. Awesome. So the next question is, what are your personal ethics behind being pro-life? So I think for me, a lot of it started with the science. So science backs up that life, life begins at fertilization because all the unique DNA is present at fertilization. And so that for me was a big like, okay, so if life begins at fertilization at that moment of conception, as a believer in God, what does the Bible say about how we treat life? And so for me, it was just always obvious that the Bible speaks against murder against hurting someone against cause inflicting and causing pain because we are image bearers which is something we touched on earlier but we are created and made in the image of god and i love how in genesis god forms adam and he takes a rib from adam and he forms eve and how wonderful and beautiful that is that he says that we created them in our image meaning that we reflect the trinity like how awesome is that so treating all life with value when you think about those who are pre-born, those who are unborn, those are the most vulnerable. They depend on their mother for everything. They are small. And so if we value life, that means we have to value those who are most vulnerable, who most need our protection. In the Bible, it talks about caring for the widows and orphans. And I view that as God is saying, care for those who are vulnerable, who can't care for themselves. And how much more is that reflected in someone who is pre-born, who is not yet independent on their own and that continues into you know toddlers are not dependent on their own they need their mothers too infants babies those who struggle with disabilities those who have extreme mental impairments those who are elderly those are the people we need to be caring for so that was my personal ethics that pushed me into the pro-life movement yeah mine are very similar to megan's just starting with the science side that life begins at conception so any life deserves to be protected and just looking at the development of the baby that as early as five weeks the baby has a heartbeat at six weeks uh, your baby's nose mouth and ears are starting to take shape and the intestines or even their brain are beginning to develop so before a woman even knows she's pregnant these these babies inside the womb are developing rapidly and also I think Megan touched on this as well that in so much so many social justice issues in even the secular world are protecting the defenseless the people that cannot protect themselves that don't have a voice so we saw that in the race movement um, speaking up and helping empower African Americans because their voices were being silenced and we saw this also with women in the women's rights movement and it's the same for babies they're so they are the most innocent and defenseless creatures in their mother's womb and they cannot speak for themselves and that is why i work so hard and i'm so passionate about this movement to speak up for them i think this is a really great question what are some common misconceptions about your job so this really depends on what people hear so when i was a client advocate they would sometimes get confused and they would think that I was like actively doing the medical procedures or like doing the ultrasound or something. Um, that wasn't true. So, I, and I think too, when people hear crisis pregnancy center, it has some sort of stigma that has largely been pushed forward by the other side, but 
that's another podcast episode. So um, I think there's just been some confusion about what exactly, like what services we offer, what support we offer. So to kind of cover a few questions in one, because we had a few questions about what support do you offer mothers? I just want to quickly go over what organizations like ours often offer. So we offer free medical services such as pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, some centers do STD testing, health-related things like that, but then just emotional support as well, talking through and just asking questions. You know, what what are you going through? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What is driving those emotions and those feelings? What thought processes are going on? Just figuring out where they are. And everybody's different and everybody processes differently. And so seeing them as an individual person, not a case that you treat like every other case. And then offering resources and referrals and support. So walking through and helping them get insurance, helping them get prenatal care, helping them through our, we have a program where they come in and they watch classes about parenting and they earn points that they redeem for baby items and diapers and things like that. And then also Jackie touched on the fact that we even have a residential program where they can go and live and get life skills like cooking and cleaning and taking care of a home while they're learning to be a mom and get back on their feet and start school online so that they can get better set up. So I think a lot of misconceptions are that we just like throw someone a pregnancy test <laughs> and then tell them not to get an abortion and that's not true. Or is that we only care about the baby and not the woman and that if she has an abortion, we're going to hate her and condemn her when actually at our job, we will talk with and spend time with women if they've had an abortion and they still want our support after emotionally or in some other way. So I think that's a big misconception about pregnancy centers in general that are not giving out abortions that we only care about the baby. And that is just so far from the truth, especially at Aid for Women, where we work. So I have a question for Megan. This would be more on her side of things. Um, Someone wanted to know if you get to meet the babies after they've been born. So that is for sure one of the most rewarding and greatest parts of the job was, and this doesn't happen for every client because some client may feel like she doesn't need or doesn't want ongoing support throughout her entire pregnancy. Others did. So yes, I did meet several babies. Um, Moms would send me pictures or they'd come in person and I would get to actually hold the babies. So I have a little album saved on my phone of (laughs) Aid for Women babies, um, my little babies of women that I help walk through. So that is definitely a wonderful and beautiful thing. And it was really cool to walk into an ultrasound room and see this little baby on an ultrasound with a woman for the first time and then walk with her as her stomach grows and then to have her come back after she's had that baby and to see that baby in person and see how much her mom has grown to was just such a beautiful and rewarding kind of end of that cycle and circle. So yes, a lot of times we do and that is super fun and awesome because yes, I totally love women but I also really love babies and that's a really cool part of the job. For sure. And another question that Megan can answer first, have you ever had a woman change her mind on keeping her baby while in your clinic? Yes, this actually happens a lot. um, And that's also a really cool thing. So it's pretty common. Uh, We 
not to label women, but we kind of have categories in our mind when someone comes in. So knowing if someone is either abortion minded or abortion vulnerable. So someone who's abortion vulnerable is maybe a woman who's either undecided or her life circumstances would lead her to be vulnerable to getting an abortion. If she has outside pressure, if she has instability, those are all things that could lead that. Or an abortion minded woman is someone who she either has her mind set on abortion or that's more the direction she is heading. So it is really cool because I've had clients who are either abortion vulnerable where they felt like they couldn't do it and then when they just saw that baby on the ultrasound, they immediately fell in love seeing that little heartbeat and never went back. And I also had abortion-minded clients who were someone who, through the desperation of their life circumstances, felt that that was their only option and then coming to a place where they were offered support and having someone actually tell them There are other options. Why don't we just treat them all equally and with equal weight and talk through abortion, adoption, and parenting and what that looks like. And one exercise I would do with clients is I would have them close their eyes and I would just say, you know what, picture yourself, you've just had the abortion and just describe to me how you're feeling. And that was a really powerful exercise because a lot of times, even though they felt like that was the best decision for them, they would admit, they were like, I feel dark, I feel sad, I feel like something's lost. And I'd be like, okay. And I'm not inferring or giving them anything. It's just all what is coming from inside you. Now, picture that you have your baby. What are you feeling? And a lot of them realize I would feel joy. And that even though this is going to be really hard, it's a journey that I'm willing to take. So we definitely would see changed minds. And that was also a really rewarding and great part of the job. And something that I believe was definitely not me, but the Holy Spirit working through the staff at the center and also the Holy Spirit working through the heart of that woman specifically to have that change of heart. And another question was, what has been your favorite experience at your job so far? So I will share my favorite experience. Uh, Like I said, I have for the past eight months lived at one of our residential homes helping out around there. And I just had this moment where I just recently moved in. I just met one of the children that lives there. And I was sitting with a child and I was playing with him. And he's just the most joyful and adorable child. And I just had this moment. It felt like God was really really speaking to me that if it wasn't for Aid for Women helping, this child could possibly not exist. And I was seeing the grown-up child. He's three, three years old. And how much joy he brought to not only his mother's life but to everyone around him just such a happy and smiley baby and just every time I would see this child it would bring so much joy to my day and just having that realization that this child could not exist could just not be here and it was just such a beautiful moment for me to be sitting there and realizing that I was a part of an organization that is helping women keep their babies and is helping children live but one day we'll be in the world adults that can do great things and knowing that we not me specifically but our organization is actually making a difference in the world and helping people be born and lives um preserved that actually grow up and could do something in the world and i don't know that was just a really beautiful and kind of surreal moment for me i have so many favorite moments this job has been so beautiful You know, I I love every time I see a woman decide to choose life for herself and her baby. I would love every time I would get to see an ultrasound and get to see, you know, if I had clients returning to our our parenting program, 
getting to see their babies afterwards and getting to hold those babies and having those babies know me and recognize me and reach for me when they came in because they were excited to see me was so amazing. But definitely one circumstance that is just jumping to the front of my mind right now when I think about this question is we actually had a client who came to us after she had taken the abortion pill and immediately regretted it and was desperate and wanted to reverse the process. And she went through our abortion pill reversal procedure and her baby actually lived. And she came back two years later and I didn't even know the story because I hadn't been at Aid for Women when that had happened. But this woman just comes in with her two-year-old daughter and this two-year-old girl is full of energy, like running around the center. And I was playing with her and trying to keep her occupied as her mom was meeting with one of our other client advocates only to later find out this little girl survived the abortion pill and that she wouldn't be here if it weren't for the valiant efforts of her medical director. Just shocked me and and amazed me. And then talking to that woman afterwards about how empowered she felt that she has a daughter and that she's making it work was just so incredible to me. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't recognize or realize is how empowering it is to overcome difficult circumstances and how rewarding it is to have a child come out of that. So I think a great question to maybe end this on is our views on protesters outside Planned Parenthood. So this is like a big controversial topic and I don't personally have a lot of experience with it because I've never been a protester. Um, but we do have one of our centers in Flossmoor that is right next to a Planned Parenthood. So there's a lot of people who pray outside the Planned Parenthood. So I guess my thoughts on this is if we are yelling at women or screaming at women, we're only further, further scaring them away. And the women who are in a very desperate, scared, or stressed out situation aren't perhaps going to respond well to someone screaming or yelling at them or preaching at them loudly. But... We have had several women approach people who are quietly praying and talk to them. And because they felt open and safe and accepted by these people, they did come to our centers and chose life for their babies. So I do have a lot of respect for those people. And we actually did recently have a story of a client who was going to Planned Parenthood because she was pregnant and she didn't know what to do. And she was just looking for help. And she saw a man who was just calmly and serenely praying outside Planned Parenthood. So she went up to him because he looked safe. And she just said, I'm just here because I need help. And he brought her to Aid for Women. And she actually just had her baby a few days ago. And so that is just incredible. So I hear a lot of people with opinions on this. But I did just want to add, you know, we should treat people with respect no matter who they are. And with value. And... I think you can kind of surmise from that what my opinion is. Yeah, there actually was a woman who is not connected with Aid for Women. Um, She's not on staff or anything, but she comes to our events and supports us in that way. But she was telling me a story about she prays outside with a few other women of an abortion clinic here in Chicago and they just pray and they talk to women if they want to talk and try to offer them love and support which I think is such a beautiful thing to do for women just be that compassionate and empowering voice to women saying you can do this and we'll help you and connect you with resources and she was talking to a woman 
And this woman was actually really listening to them and hearing what they were saying and thinking about not going back in because she had gone in and she was just scared and didn't know if it was what she wanted to do. And so she ran back out and they were talking with her and saying, hey, we can help you. We can find resources. We can walk with you through this. You can do this. You can have this baby and it will be a beautiful thing. And someone who I'm not really sure who they were affiliated with, but they got up and started preaching hellfire and brimstone and saying, not even directly about abortion, but just saying like, you're going to go to hell if you sin against God and murder and all these other things. And the woman looked at him in terror, looked at the two women that were trying to help her and ran back into the abortion clinic and they lost her. And pretty sure she ended up having an abortion because people do not respond well to condemnation and judgment. Uh, and that is not how Jesus spoke to them. So I don't know why we think as Christians or just pro-life people in general that that is the way to speak to women that are in crisis. What they need is love, support, and compassion and to be empowered. So I think there is room for praying peacefully outside of a clinic, uh, speaking to women very gently and with compassion, but the yelling, (laughs) the signs saying you're going to hell, people are not going to run to people that are condemning them. It's just not our human nature and it's not how I would respond either. So I think Megan and I are pretty much in agreement on this one. Yeah. And so on that topic of speaking love and being Christ to these women, how, what are some tips maybe for Christians and how Christians should respond and help to women who are going through an unplanned pregnancy? I think I touched on this earlier, but we just, it's worth saying it again that we need to realize no matter how the baby was conceived, it life is always a gift. And these women need to be told, like when they choose to keep their babies, that they are heroes <laughs> and they are brave for doing this because it's not an easy decision to make when it's unplanned. It's drastically life-changing. Some women have to leave school. Sometimes their families uh, completely abandon them or the father of the baby abandons them. We just need to be treating them with love and compassion and also using our resources if we can to help them and really stepping up in that way. Um, I have felt personally called out that I need to be better in that way as well. And I think we as Christians can do that as well. So supporting them spiritually, emotionally, but also materially if it's what we feel called and something that's within our means. For sure. And I think when you think of what the church is supposed to be, the church is the body of Christ. And so as a church, we should be the body of Christ to these women. So a lot of these women may feel disowned by their families because of what has happened to them. So we need to become that family to them. We need to bring them in, draw them into our arms, tell them that it's going to be okay, empower them, give them the space and the support they need, and also recognize that, you know, their emotions are all over the place. And so sometimes maybe they just can't talk about their pregnancy at that very moment. They just need to talk about what they're going through and feeling being a listening ear, being a good listener, showing compassion, showing love, all things we've kind of already said before, but just it's easier said than done when maybe you're faced with that. And I think also just to kind of end it, you know, don't show shock on your face when someone talks about how their pregnancy was conceived, because that can be really harmful and damaging and hurtful towards someone. So watch your facial expressions you know, show grace and love and recognize that every life is precious. That life within her, her life and the father's life. We are all made in the image of God and we are all beautiful and loved. So let's show that and express that to people even who have made 
wrong or difficult decisions that have landed them in difficult situations. We can support, and I think supporting a woman who is going through an unplanned pregnancy is not condoning the sin that led that to take place, which is something maybe sometimes people think of that like, oh, well, if I support her, I'm basically saying that what she did was okay. No, (laughs) a lot of times she already feels that shame and understands what has gone on. So, or if she doesn't, that's a later conversation. We can still support, we can still help and still show love and the love of Jesus Christ to her. Yeah, abortion is a really hard topic to touch on, but I think if people on both sides spoke to each other and spoke with empathy and compassion, and we actually heard the stories of women that go through this, that have had an abortion or haven't, if we just talk to each other about our different experiences, no matter what side of things you're on, it creates so much compassion and empathy. So on that note, I really think that we should...